Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, Mary recognized her own need of a Savior. Mary was not sinless. Mary needed a savior. So nowhere does the Bible tell us to worship or pray to Mary. That's too far the other way. But Mary does merit our respect. You'll see that more as we go through. But only God is to be prayed to and worshiped. Mary was a remarkable young woman. It seems she was a young woman of quality, which is why God chose her to give birth to Jesus. There are some who want to elevate her to an almost godlike status based on the fact of her being Jesus' mom. Others reacting to this seek to deny her specialness. As Pastor Mark will be teaching today, both sides miss the mark. You'll hear how she viewed herself and how that view lines up with Scripture. You'll learn how her self-analysis is a good template for all people. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 1 as he continues his message, When God Rearranges Your Plans. Sex between a husband and a wife after they're married is the only form of approved sexual relationships in the whole Bible. Husband, wife, married, wonderful. Hebrews 13, wonderful. Exciting, not just for kids, wonderful. Orgasms, all the rest of the exciting stuff that happens. Who designed that? God. Now you take it outside those boundaries, disaster is happening. So why are you talking about this, Pastor Mark? Because disaster is happening. You see, as you and I sit and watch a television show, we don't even think about it anymore. Oh, cool. Here's another kid. 13, 14, could have second. That's okay. Oh, well, well. We don't even think about it. See, it's become so normal to us. And of course, to our teenagers it is. Because nobody said, whoa, whoa, whoa. God has a good plan. No, it's not a bad plan. It's a great plan. I had the privilege yesterday of marrying this couple. They waited. Wow. What do you think last night was like? Stars and stripes forever. It was wonderful. It was good. My wife and I, by the grace of God, were virgins. Both of our children were virgins. But I know that maybe because of lack of knowledge, you're no longer a virgin. But I have good news for you. When Jesus met a woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, been her lifestyle... You know what he said to her? You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. So I want to say, if you've lost your virginity as a young man or a young woman, it's time for you to repent, ask God to forgive you, 
and start again. And your wedding date will be as if you are a virgin. Because you put God first. Here's the principle you want to write. It's in every area of our life. Always rearrange your plans to match the truths of the Bible. You say, Pastor Mark, that's prudish, that doesn't work. No, it's not. If you go against God's perfect plans, it'll be disaster in your life. See, the world says that's outdated, doesn't apply. By the way, notice my definition of sex in marriage. Sex in our lives is approved in one case. A man and a woman in marriage. Not two men, not two women, not teenagers. Now, in case some of you are here going, get him, Pastor Mark, get him, just get him, get him, get him. You're a little self-righteous. Let me tell you what Jesus said one day. And he said it to you, and he said it to me. He said to me, he said, Balmer, if you go to the beach and lust after a woman in your heart, Balmer, you've committed adultery. So cool it out there with your self-righteousness. Anybody not guilty? Go ahead and try to raise the hand. (laughs) So I'm not here condemning you. I'm trying to love you back to the path that God has for you. Mary was a virgin. It was considered normal. And may God help us here in Melbourne, here in Vieira, here in Brevard County, that it's considered normal once again. So that God can bless us. Notice this word pledged or betrothed. You probably didn't use betrothed in the last week in your language. (laughs) This was a state that was kind of like an engagement to us. But once, what happened is about a year before people got married, they actually got betrothed. And there was this contract that was negotiated between the parents. Normally... Marriage was arranged by the parents. All of you that are teenagers say, praise God, it's been changed. It's not that way anymore. But they had this year-long engagement period, this betrothal period, and the contract could only be broken by death or divorce. If Joseph had died before the marriage ceremony one year later about, Mary would have been a legal widow. If Mary became pregnant... During this time by another man, very often in the Old Testament days especially, she was stoned. You'll see why this is a problem later in our teaching. So, they would be betrothed for a year. There would be no sexuality at all between them until that year was up. Now, as you and I think about that, Mary's here. Look what the angel says, verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The new King James says, Blessed are you among women. Now here's what I discovered in all my life. When it comes to Mary, usually people go to one of two extremes. We don't really want to do that. As a Protestant, very often, we don't honor Mary enough. You see, Mary was favored above all women. 
I mean, God gave her grace. God gave her beautiful chance to become the mother of our Lord. Now, understand, Mary was a recipient of grace, not a dispenser of it. She was just an average 13 or 14 year old. She didn't earn that. And yet, we know that as she was blessed among women, she needs to be honored. She needs to be magnified. But could we take it too far the other way? Yes. You see, there are places in Europe right now, in the Catholic Church, where Mary is being promoted as a co-redemptus. That I can pray to Mary. She can be my go-between. But the Bible, the book of Hebrews says, there is only one person that's the intermediary, and that's Jesus Christ. So, how do we balance this? Take a look, you're right there in chapter 1. Look down at verse 46 and 47. You at Vera, turn also, 46, 47. Let's realize what Mary recognized. After Mary is given this wonderful promise that she's going to be the mother of our Lord, she writes this beautiful prayer and song. She says in verse 46 and 47, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my... Tell me what? My Savior. What? See, Mary recognized her own need of a Savior. Mary was not sinless. Mary needed a Savior. So nowhere does the Bible tell us to worship or pray to Mary. That's too far the other way. But Mary does merit our respect. You'll see that more as we go through. But only God is to be prayed to and worshipped. And in fact, some of you have been taught that Mary remained a virgin. That is not true, and you'll see that in the Bible at the end of our teaching. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now you talk about having your wedding plans rearranged. They're kind of normal. They're going through this process. It's going to be a year. Man, she's going to marry this carpenter. It's going to be all right. They arrange everything's good. All of a sudden, the angel comes and says, uh, Between now and before you get married, you're going to have a son. What? And so she's trying to mull this over. Of course, she's confused. And really not just confused, she's fearful. Remember what I told you before? If a woman in the betrothed period, that year, is found pregnant, what did they often do to her? Well, tell me, ladies, you're to be married this morning. Would you be a little fearful of this? Yes. Next thing you want to write, don't be afraid when God rearranges your plans. Here's Surgeon Danette going to Haiti. Would you want to go to Haiti? Would that be your preference? Would it be not more comfortable to be here, make a big salary over at the engineering place, do your stuff, have your kids here, you have a nice home, maybe once in a while a hurricane blows through this place or whatever? Other, but now where? A very difficult place. Electricity in Port-au-Prince often is only on for two hours a day. But see, 
When God calls you, you want to be in the center of his will. So don't be afraid when God rearranges your plans. I mean, Mary knows the prophecy. Every young Jewish girl's dream. But when it really comes, whoa. Verse 31. You will be with child, give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. So we don't need an ultrasound. We don't need a book of names. The angel solves a lot of problems, doesn't he? Gonna be a son? It's already taken care of? Here's his name, Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Amen. Is that right? That's right. His kingdom will never end. By the way, where will you be? You're going to be in the kingdom. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be incredible. We're going to be brothers and sisters. And his kingdom will never end. No more politics. Woo, hallelujah right there. Is that right? Oh. So we're going to have this wonderful son. His name means the Lord saves. It's a clear statement, the son of God, deity. Verse 34, it starts out with an interesting word. How? It's not an Indian word. See, Mary understands the promise. She doesn't understand the process. By the way, do you think, ladies, do you think Mary knows if she's a virgin or not? Yes. Common sense. So all these people that argue, well, virgin just means a young woman. Look what Mary says. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a young woman. Could a young woman at 13 have a baby? No problem. No, she says this. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? She understood the promise. She didn't understand the process. This is impossible. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So Mary's thinking, okay, I've never had sexual intercourse with a man. And yet the angel says, I'm going to be pregnant. Now I got an A in biology. This doesn't work. See, it's easy for us to read it. Can you imagine? By the way, this never happened before. It will never happen again. So the angel goes, well, I know you're confused, but you remember your relative Elizabeth? Look what he says. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. By the way, I'm getting you warning now. Verse 37, there's an amen due at the end of this one, so just get yourself ready. I know it's not like natural now, because I have to give you a chance. For nothing... No, it's the wrong place. It's the wrong place. Let me finish. For nothing is, still the wrong place, for nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here in Melbourne and Vieira, let's say it together. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Some are you 
need that promise. You got a phone call recently. It was about a lab exam. Nothing is impossible with God. Your husband or wife has just walked out. Nothing is impossible with God. That promise is still true because he's God and we're not. Here's what you want to write. Don't be confused. When God rearranges our plans, he is the how. That preaches. He is the how. I don't know how it will all work out, but he's the how. You don't know how it will work out. You just leave that to God. I was praying yesterday for Veer. What will happen when we continue to expand up there and pretty soon we have to go to two services and that place is too small? Do we buy land? Do we move into another building? I don't know, but I'm not anxious about it because nothing is impossible with God. How do I know? We moved here seven or eight years ago. Little piece of property. Boom, 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 boom. So don't be confused. God's the how. Look at her response in verse 38. I love it. Ladies, is this what you would have said? I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me, as you have said. In the angel left her. What does that say to me? When God rearranges my plans here, joyfully respond in faith and obedience when God rearranges our plans. Don't go, oh God, you got to be kidding me. No, his plans for us are better than anything you can come up with. Even if it doesn't look that way. Mary's thinking, this is going to be disaster in this little town. Nobody's going to understand. Oh, she's right. But it was still God's perfect plan. Now, the next thing we know is very important you understand the sequence. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth for three months. She doesn't tell Joseph what the angel told her. Joseph is clueless. And she leaves. Look at verse 39 and 40. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, notice her humble attitude. So she's there. You'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We'll follow the second half of this quickly. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. As she comes into this little town three months later, the word starts spreading in this town. Mary's back. Mary's back. Remember, a little teeny village. Mary's back. Mary's back. All the kids come running. Joseph goes, Mary's back. Wow. I mean, you know, they've been talking about the internet overnight. There's no phones. It's been three months. The town's around her. She gets out of the cart, fixes her dress, and the little kids come running up to her. But there's a difference. And they begin touching her three-month-sized belly. Then the gossip starts. Joseph, ecstatic to see her, sees that. Now, if you're Joseph, how do you control your anger? What do you do with your hurt 
Here's the woman that you love who's pregnant. The questions begin to flow. Who? How? Why? Forced? Or because she wanted to? Well, the town, they're looking at Joseph. They're looking at Mary. Mary's parents are what? And so Matthew, who writes to the Jews, says in chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But, circle this word, before they came together, before they had sexual intercourse, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, immediately this ugly gossip begins to spread like wildfire. This little village is a fishbowl. And Mary's in the middle of it with Joseph. Joseph is now faced with some very difficult decisions. Does he ignore the whispers of this infidelity of the family and friends? One option he has is to do what many times was done. I told you already. The person that committed the adultery, which was looked upon at this point because they were betrothed, was stoned to death. The other option that Joseph had was to simply divorce her privately and end this disgrace. The third option would be, does he embrace his wife and believe her story and accept this messianic child? Let's go to Joseph's bedroom at night, a little mat on the floor. There's a song that comes to my mind, Tossing and a turning. Tossing and a turning. Do you think Joseph was tossing and turning? I mean, his whole life is what? Gone up in smoke. One day, everything changed. The woman he was going to be with for his life is now pregnant. So he doesn't know what to do when life has changed his plans. So he's tossing. He's turning. He's trying to figure out what in the world to do. He's just a simple carpenter, a poor carpenter. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, God had worked with Joseph. He was a godly man. So Joseph goes, well, the best thing I know to do, I love Mary, but obviously we can't be married. The best thing for me to do is simply quietly to divorce her. Not make a public trial of this. I'll go on with my life. She'll go on with hers. See, we have Mary, who's a godly woman. And we have Joseph, who's a godly man. Let me challenge you with a statement. If you're thinking of getting married, you make sure you have a godly husband or a godly wife. That's a picture of marriage. A man and a woman who both love God and love each other. Pastor Mark taught today about Joseph and Mary's sexual purity. 
you learned that this was important for God's plans to work out. You were reminded that God has a specific plan for every person, even you. The trick, of course, is finding out what that plan is. The key to successfully making God's plan happen in your life is to joyfully respond in faith and obedience. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching when God rearranges your plans. You'll hear more about Mary's contemplation of what she'd been told was going to happen to her. You'll be reminded of how God got her through this difficult time, even with the personal price she paid. Pastor Mark will remind you that following God will require a cost to you personally. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.